1: Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member
2: FDIC. Okay, so welcome to the Goldmine Podcast again. This is Pat Prince, editor. And the Goldmine podcast is a member of the Pantheon podcast group. And we have, I'm proud to present Lee Zimmerman, a longtime contributor to Goldmine magazine. And Lee has a book out called "American Americana Music, Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound. Um, This came out during the pandemic, right, Lee, last year?
3: Yeah, shortly before the pandemic, actually, yeah, yeah
2: now that you know the musical genre americanic and can prove difficult to define but it's uh it's used commonly today uh as an author what may now be the definitive uh book on americana
3: thank uh, you how
2: would you define it
3: well the, the purpose of the book itself was to define it because it seems to me That's that a, although americana is, has come into um Uh, wide use in recent years, maybe, you know, maybe in the last decade or two. But in my uh, experience, Americana as a format existed. um, Well, you could even go back to the 50s. I mean, you could look at people like the Everly Brothers or Buddy Holly or um, Elvis Presley. And given their combination of country music and music of the heartland and the new emerging rock and roll at that time that really could be considered americana but but more to the point what i was thinking and i do mention that in the book but what i was really thinking about were bands like the band and the flying burrito brothers and poco and the birds who really established that template by Creating a crossover from country music to rock and roll, and it was so seamless. So, to me, and and what I wanted to put across in this book was that the late '60s and early '70s were really the starting point of Americana as we know it today.
2: Right. Was the phrase used though? No, and
3: that's the thing that. You know, Americana was more of a cultural thing, you know, Americana being like, I don't know, Martin Twain and a 1956 Chevy or something like that. But as far as defining the music, it really came into its own in the last uh, couple of decades. So back then it was country rock, country rock, then roots rock, you know, or alternative country. But Americana came later.
2: So the term really was used, like, in the last decade.
3: Yeah, more or less, maybe a little before that. Um, But, you know, it's grown in prominence, and it's become a catchphrase, and almost almost a cliche, because (laughs) that's another dilemma, because you say, what is Americana? And it's more than this country rock crossover. Americana can be the umbrella for blues, And R and B and soul music as well.
2: Right, all roots, uh, American American music. Rootsy. Now, you have a history in the music business. You worked promotions for ABC Capital. Yes. Worked for CBS TV. Um, Yes. What, how were they describing this kind of music? Were they just calling it country rock? Were pretty they... much.
3: Pretty much. I'm trying to think back. Now, With when I was with uh, the late, great ABC records, which, by the way, even mentioning them kind of age references me because I think ABC has not been around for four decades. Um, but we had bands like... Um, the amazing rhythm aces and we had the later incarnation of poco after they left epic records so at abc and we had tom petty you know who could be considered americana in his own way so we had some early incarnation of that music but it was never ever referred to as americana it was country rock um or just standalone music of some sort you know right
2: and, yeah,
3: and right. then at capital i'm trying to think who we had at capital i mean we had bob seeger and steve miller not really strictly within the template but none of it none of it back in the day was called americana
2: but you know seeger and miller could definitely be they have a lot of rootsy yeah. They're, they're sort of like a roots rock band, you know, themselves.
3: Oh, yeah. Silver Bob Seger, a Heartland rocker. Yeah. Heartland. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I'm glad you brought up Poco because um, Poco, I kind of feel this way. Don't you think Poco doesn't get enough credit uh, for what they Not do? at all.
3: Not at all. I mean, are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Flying Burrito Brothers or Nitty Gritty Dirt Band? And none of those bands made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and yet they were so transformative in terms of um, bringing this uh, country element into it, as were the birds, you know. And, And the interesting thing is, before these bands came along, people that liked country music and people, you know, that were rock and rollers were so so divergent culturally and socially vinegar right yeah i mean you know when the birds first played uh the grand old opera it was like they were aliens from outer space because uh you know not to say country people were you know the redneck but they were you know very instilled in their own roots so these long hair you know, rock and roll types were totally alien to them. And the fact that these bands that we just mentioned, like Poco, um, were able to bring these two divergent cultures together, that in itself was remarkable.
2: and Successfully. And it's too yeah. bad about the Rock Hall because Paul Cotton and Rusty Young recently know. I know.
3: I know. Within months each other.
2: They were both godfathers of the movement. You even mentioned them. Um,
3: yeah
2: and uh richie fury always mentions them in his interviews that he thinks that poco should have gotten a lot more credit for bringing country and rock
0: yeah center. yeah
2: and uh you know not enough people know of poco now um they know of the birds right yeah they, they definitely know of uh other bands like buffalo springfield has gotten its due right? sure. oh
3: yeah at the forefront yeah
2: yeah but uh yeah. will when will a band like Poco? Definitely in the Flying Burrito Brothers. I mean, they really are kind of. If you're if you're not into music, you probably don't know who they are, right?
3: Right, sad, very sad. Yeah. Um, for those who aren't familiar, obviously the Flying Burrito Brothers were, in a sense, an offshoot of the Birds because they were formed by Chris Hillman. And Graham Parsons, who had been in the Latter Day Birds, and uh, Michael Clark, who was the drummer for the Birds, so those three guys, um, you know, uh, spun off of the Birds and created the Flying Burrito Brothers. And Gene Clark uh, of the Birds actually contributed two songs and sang on two songs on their third self-titled album.
2: I mean, the Birds really went. Well, I don't know if it was a huge transformation, but it went from rock and roll with country influence to more yeah. like the other way around, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> and folk rock. I mean, they're accredited, the birds were credited as uh, forebears of, uh, of folk rock, you know, with Turn Turn Turn, Mr. Tambourine Man. So it wasn't a big, big leap really to go that country route, but um, their album, Sweetheart of the Rodeo and the Flying Burrito Brothers, and "The Sweetheart of the Rodeo, I think, as much or more than any other album in the entire lexicon of, of rock and roll was the album that definitively said, now we're doing Americana or country rock or whatever you want to call it. But that was the significant milestone, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, you know.
2: Now, a lot of people, especially Rolling Stones fans, right? Keith Richards fans. Yeah. Could realize that Graham Parsons had a big influence on Keith Richards, right? That sound that yes. went from, I guess you could say it started with Let It Bleed, right?
3: That yeah, with well, the song Dead Flowers. Dead yeah. Flowers, yeah. yeah. You know, that was uh, that was a k- kind of uh, the Stones' attempted country, yeah and you know and then yeah let it bleed you know with that acoustic uh tapestry and the pedal steel guitar and uh yeah definitely that definitely did it yeah
2: because you know you had they, they were originally a blues band so they had the roots american roots yes that's true and you know the kind of when brian jones you know he had left and unfortunately died and then it seems like they made a little bit of a transition to what you could probably call Americana.
3: Well, look at the album. Well, before Brian Jones died and left the band, left the band and then died. Right. He he didn't die and then leave the band. Yeah, left the band. yeah let's get that in proper order. But um, you know, that album Beggar's Banquet, um, in particular, which was a very sort of acoustic album and very sort of laid back blues almost like robert johnson you know prodigal on. son and and all those songs um that was almost i mean if you wanted to call that americana yeah. uh you know that might even be a revolutionary idea that it was americana even now 50 years later i mean you know but it well, was really it
2: definitely has its uh touches there and yeah. you know that now you're probably hitting on the part that I like a lot about Americana which is not so much the country rock aspect but the country blues yeah sort of delta mississippi yep. blues the robert johnson that yep. sort of acoustic blues sound right yeah and which had a great influence on rock and roll uh as much as electric blues and, and then, and then you had what I really love is that progressive folk rock movement. Woody right. Guthrie and to Bob Dylan and Joan Baez, right?
0: Oh,
3: yep, Joni yep. Mitchell. And, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so you can't forget all of that. That is also in the Americana, you know.
3: <laughs> it's I a huge America. umbrella, and that you know, and I think that's maybe one of the critiques, one of the criticisms is that people say, well, what is Americana? You're saying everything is Americana. But it is, it's a huge, it's a huge umbrella, and there's no getting around that. So finding that exact definitive, uh, you know, definition, that's the challenge. And I, I think that's one reason why my book, it's kind of sprawling in the sense that, you know, I I, I cover a, a lot of bands that might seem very disparate on first glance, but they all fit into the niche. You know, so it's like herding cats. You know, it's Can like a
2: little bit of the outlaw element too.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, you you um you know, you think of Waylon and Willie, and you think of Chris Christopherson and while some people say oh but they're just country no i mean again they brought another element into it this sort of rebellious and defiant attitude hey,
2: um,
3: and i think that's part of americana today in a way you know if you look at bands like dawes or jason isbell uh they retain that now
2: i mean i think of uh johnny cash when i
3: yeah obviously i should have mentioned that yeah that's the first yeah yeah.
2: person i kind of think of yeah americana has its stylings you know it's influenced a lot of english bands we talked about blues right
3: oh yeah well blues
2: one of your favorite bands the strobs right i mean
3: (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I never considered them Americana. But
2: right, but it influenced, Americana influence. The early them.
3: albums, yeah, very, very, very acoustic, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we have to credit the British, especially for recognizing and appreciating American blues, because were it not for bands like, um, you know, Savoy Brown or, or the stones or uh
2: 10 years after even though. john
3: mayall fleetwood mac yeah, yeah. they were essentially Definitely. taking elmore james and yeah. you know these and and robert johnson they were taking those songs literally and putting their own spin on it you know electrifying it or adding that english attitude and uh and that's when americans said wait a minute this is great stuff oh wait it came from us and it brought back an appreciation of the original masters. Yeah.
2: It's it's amazing that it took the English to make it cool, right?
3: Well, look at look at what happened with Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was a side man in yeah. the States for Little Richard. And then he went to England, and he became a sensation. And then he came back and he was like the conquering hero, but he was American who was first appreciated. <laughs> In, in England, you know, um, it does happen that way.
2: I mean, how long did it take to compile this book? It, didn't it take a few years?
3: Oh, let's see, about half an hour. No, it, <laughs> it, 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 you know, actually I cheated, I cheated, I cheated. Because what, what I did is over my uh, years of interviewing these artists, I found a common theme, you know, the Americana theme. And essentially I had these interviews um, done and in many cases written. Um, And so it was basically, I was compiling what I I had done over the last couple of uh, decades and writing new intros and a new introduction and finding a way to bring them all together thematically. And so, you know, it was kind of a shortcut as as opposed to simply starting from scratch. Um, but it was uh, it was economically very practical to do it that way.
2: I knew the answer, but I wanted to you know. You no, know. it's I okay,
3: Pat Prince, because <laughs> the, 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 true, the the real the real source here, the real reason for doing it that way, is because. I proudly write for Goldmine. I couldn't have anything distract me from my main mission. <laughs> yes, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. But I have to keep my contributions uh, to Goldmine and continue to be diligent and, and meet deadlines that, that Pat Prince has set for me. Well, and so <laughs> the book took secondary secondary notion. Yeah.
2: Well, readers know how much you write for the magazine. Uh, you're in every issue. Uh,
3: Thank, Thank you, Pat Prince. Dec-
2: decades, right? I mean, it's you've been writing for a while. Yes, like
3: since that. since the late '40s, actually. I <laughs> uh, go back and, way beyond. Uh, I was. I, mean, I started in uh,
2: 2010 as editor. Um, Has and, it been that long? Wow,
3: yeah. you're all grown up, Pat Prince. All yeah, grown and
2: and um, you also. So I I knew that you had this Americana idea in in your head and you were compiling it and there was really no one who really spoke out for it. So, you know, you definitely, that's why I said the definitive book on it, because no one really has written about it, um, even though it's commonly used phrase now and someone needs to kind of define it. And so I, I definitely recommend to readers and our listeners um to pick it up and you can pick it up in the uh mine shop now um, i hear that it is in there and you, you should pick it up um go to go go to shop.goldmindmag.com and you can and you can get it yeah wh- what are you working on next
3: well, th- well thank you for asking um i'm actually working on a book that um traces the career of a producer slash engineer named jim gaines g-a-i-n-e-s um at first glance most people would say who but jim gaines has been an essential part of well again i guess uh, americana he started working at stack studios with people like um uh Booker T and the MGs and Otis Redding and Steve Cropper and eventually spawned a career that's included Steve Miller, Santana, Huey Lewis and the News, a number of blues artists um, and he had some amazing stories, amazing anecdotes and so we've kind of put together his the story of his career, not necessarily his life story, but the story of of an amazing career that he again helped shape the course of uh, popular music. If you look on album credits by um, by Steve Miller and, and Huey Lewis and Santana, um, you'll see his name. He was an engineer. He is. He's still working. He's an engineer and producer and uh, quite prolific. Amazing.
2: Yeah, so, Stacks should get an uh, that's another uh brand name and music that should get more recognition.
3: Yeah, yeah. Music. Memphis, Memphis. I mean, it's it's incredible, you know, all these wellsprings of of modern music, and people don't really connect the dots too much, but they know they need to know the roots. They need to know the roots, and they'll be amazed you know they listen to somebody now like you know James Isbell or somebody like that and then they go back and they listen to uh you know even like somebody like Otis Redding perhaps and wow you know it's the 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 lines of succession become very obvious you know
2: you really like James Isbell. Uh, I noticed a lot of people. Who yeah, are, I know,
3: but uh, that's yeah. just because we're doing this in the morning and my brain isn't functioning. <laughs> yeah. Think out other examples yet. Drive oh, by. Seriously, a lot over. of
2: people who use the word Americana or outlaw country or any of that sort of uh, you know theme like him.
3: Well, you know I. I guess there's reason why I use him as an example, because the first time I saw him, I said, this guy, he is like a combination of Bruce Springsteen and Johnny Cash and, um, you know, Bob Dylan, because he has that anthemic um, quality to him. You know, you kind of like your well, you don't like matches anymore at concerts. You get your cell phones and you're feeling this communal rush. And he has that striking urgency and, and that, you know, and theme equality that uh, I think is quite amazing, you know. And so yeah, I use Jason's name a lot. Jason, if you're if you're listening.
2: <laughs> give us an interview.
3: Yeah, give us an interview and the checks in the mail, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> he just sold you a few more albums. But
3: yeah, well, when I yeah. think
2: of my favorite, okay, I'm going to give you my favorite Americana, who uh-huh. I consider Americana, my favorite artist, um, the Cowboy Junkies.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, again, though, they go back to what? I mean, like, they go back for a couple of decades, you know?
2: Yeah.
3: Very what laid great back. Band. Very Country laid back, aren't they?
2: Country infused. Yeah. Kind of outlaw. Uh, mellow, they that trailer rock <laughs> sound. They're very mellow. Yeah, very mellow. Have that sort of folk. Yeah, they're blending yeah. it all. Yeah, it all I like it uh, a yeah. lot. Liked them from decades. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but you know, again, that's another band that doesn't seem to get enough uh attention. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and with this new surge of these new Americana bands, it's almost like they've been. Put on the back burner, or shoved to the side, you know, they're not nudged back into the forefront, so to speak. They were or like shooting.
2: them and Wilco, and they Wilco forerunners of this sort of alternative rock Americana.
3: Movie. Um, yes, Wilco and Sun Bolt, I mean, they yeah. need to be mentioned because they were they originated a style that they called No Depression. I'm not sure where that came from, but it was, it was sort of a uh, alternative sort of insurgent yeah. Americana sound that was right. unique into itself. Yeah.
2: Right. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is your Americana favorite? You're wearing a nitty gritty.
3: Yeah. Shirt. I'm wearing a nitty gritty dirt band because uh, yeah, I, I always liked those guys. And again, I, I think they were not, recognize the way they should have been. So yeah, if you were to ask me, and you just did, <laughs> um, uh you know, I'd, I'd have to include the top three, which to me were the Dirt Band, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Poco, and the Flying Burrito Brothers, mm. and and so I get you know, and and of course the Birds, but the Birds were a little. Come lately because they were folk rockers. So yeah, nitty gritty dirt band, Poco and the Flying Burrito Brothers, not necessarily in that order.
2: Okay, so a listener, you know we haven't
3: even mentioned the Eagles, which laid the right. commercial template for American. Richie
2: Fury is, says we've uh, he's Poco contributed a lot to.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you know we're Richie a Fury, of players. but it's, it's funny Richie Fury says. That um glenn flop Glen <laughs> Fry told him one time that Poco laid the roots for the Eagles. Yeah. Were it not for Poco, there might not have been the Eagles, you know, and the Eagles were definitive as far as right. Americana commercially at least you sure know. in
2: the beginning, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So, okay.
2: So a listener new to Americana. Right yes. wants to get into Americana, first album to buy, what would you tell them to buy?
3: An album by a band that we've really not even mentioned, and maybe that is The Band. Uh, pick up the self-titled album called The Band, The Brown Album, Right, you know, or Music from Big Pink. Either one of those, I think, would be your launching point. Although, when you talk about band, you could also talk about Bob Dylan, Nashville, Skyline. (laughs) So we keep, you know. But I I think the band um, have all the elements, that laid-back, rural, um, working man sound. Oh, we didn't mention the Grateful Dead either, Working Man's Dead. (laughs) But no, I would would stick with the band, um, the self-titled album by... uh, the band or music from big pink as the, as your best stepping stone to go some a little bit further.
2: I think that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, entry point right there. All right, Lee Zimmerman, thank you very much. And listeners, don't forget to go to the gold mine store and pick up, pick up the book at shop.goldminemag.com. It's called Americana music. Subtitled Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound by Lee Zimmerman. Thank you. And everyone pick up, don't forget to pick up Goldmine. You go to Books a Million or Barnes & Noble. and Pick up the latest issue and go to goldminemag.com for extra content. All right, Lee, we'll talk to you soon.
3: Thank you, Thank Pat you. Prince, the best editor ever.
2: <laughs> Thank you for that plug. You're the best writer ever. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not. <laughs> I'll throw him back at you. All right, man, I'll talk
0: to you soon.
3: All right, thanks, Pat.
0: 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only